This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. The gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So we've had some pretty fascinating discussions here with regard to the appearance of Paul Eno on last week's episode of the Paracast. We were talking about the multiverse. And I got the impression here, if you look at the forums, Chris, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe some feel he went a little too far, a little too all-inclusive in these endless reality changes yeah yeah and, and i i do kind of agree with that i i have a hard time dealing with a you know just some buzz terms in physics you know the collapsing of wave function and that sort of thing to try to explain all paranormal phenomena you know, or at least uh, connections between them i he kind of left me <laughs> left me cold uh with all that i i didn't didn't know exactly how to refute what he was saying at the time but you know after thinking about it for a while i think it's a little bit more complicated than that and you can't just uh, look at a many worlds interpretation of reality and and the collapse of wave function to explain as, as a one-size-fits-all explanation let's put it that way for uh, possible convergent points between um, between paranormal phenomena so you know i think it's it's way grossly oversimplifying what we're dealing with well i think it's like everything else it's the effort to try to find some kind of workable explanation and sometimes you're pressing too many levers you want everything to fit in one box because many boxes can become complicated so instead of having a completely separate box these are dead people these are missing links these are flying saucers from zeta reticuli or something you throw it onto a big box and you homogenize it and pasteurize it and now you've got reality i guess yeah if only it was that simple well, I don't know. I sometimes think of the possibility we are in ever-changing realities. I would go with that, that things sometimes change in ways that we don't perceive, but suddenly we're at loggerheads with it. And part of that is just we just don't understand, really. And right now, we have quantum mechanics. Let's make everything in the world quantum mechanics. And next year, it'll be warp drive. I don't know. In any case, the point is he's asking questions, which is good. I'd much rather have a conversation with someone that's that's using creative thinking and, and trying to apply science to uh, something as opposed to, you know, the 99% of people out there that are just spouting off what they hear on their television and what they, uh, you know, see on a hoax site on the Internet. At least the man is educated, has a passion for the subject that enables him to spend the kind of time that you need to research and, and dive into these subjects instead of just accepting everything uh, lock, stock, and barrel, like you see at any David Wilcox, Corey Good uh, uh, symposium. <laughs> well, that's it, too. Also, I think people are unfortunately a little too vulnerable sometimes. Though we did hear some good news recently. One of the earliest guests on the PowerCast, and we really gave him... <laughs> a pretty harsh treatment, and he deserved it, was this guy, Sean David Morton. 
Oh, God. Uh, he claimed to be everything, psychic, and he knew everybody. Of course, unfortunately, none of the people he claimed to have known knew him. I guess the police knew him because he and his wife had been sentenced to terms that even Bernie Madoff didn't get. Like hundreds of years in jail. Did they get sentenced? The last I heard, it was something in our forums about it. No, I don't think they've been sentenced yet. But they're facing hundreds yeah, of years in jail. Yeah, they're facing over 600 years in prison. Well, that's okay. I mean, they believe they could live forever, right? So, I don't know. I just think, obviously, any money they've taken from people, they'll never return. So, unfortunately, things like that just never really work the way you want them to. Now we got to get people who have uh, been built by, uh, by others in the field. These were really drastic, I understand. It's not simple bilking. It's not buying a book that's fake or going out on a trip to see if you can see flying saucers and paying a little bit too much for that. This was a lot of money, I think, this duo was doing. So, you know, couldn't happen to better people. Like I said, I don't like to see people be stuck in prisons, but if you do something, you know, you have to do the time. That's how it goes. So there it is, Sean David Morton. And not too long ago, it was funny, I was going to guest host on somebody else's paranormal-type radio show, or sometimes paranormal show, and we decided not to do it because my approach was a little bit too, as I say, critical. This was somebody who believed in Sean David Morton, by the way, and was amazed, surprised, when I explained to her, no, this is not... What's going on? Anyway, we're glad and we have cutting edge people on the show like Paul Eno, and he'll be back in the future. And hopefully we'll discuss these things in more detail, at least to start thinking about possibilities of the paranormal. I think we'll ask our guest today, Stan Gordon, who is a longtime researcher from Pennsylvania, not only about all the new cases out there, Pennsylvania is sure a hotbed of activity, but also about his feelings of multiple dimensions, explanations, and such like that. Also getting a lot of comments to Ray Stanford's appearance a couple of weeks ago, where he reminisced about the contactees of the 1950s. And one of our forum members who will be on the show, possibly in a few weeks, still insists that Daniel Fry, I guess you've read this, Chris, Daniel Fry seemed to know a lot about science, more than you'd expect him to know. And stuff that he was writing about that relates to current developments. Have you been following that discussion? Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, you know, I'm not that familiar with uh, Daniel Fry. Um, I do have uh, one of his books, I think, The White Sands Incident, uh, which I haven't read for many years. Um, he did come across as fairly knowledgeable to you know my memory. I, I read the book 20 plus years ago, um, so so there is some. I think there's some jargon in there that might impress some people, but but when you, when you start hoaxing things and you start confabulating in all this, it doesn't matter who the hell you are and how much you know, you know what sort of scientific background you have. You're just throwing all that away, uh, just on the strength of of attempting to to defraud people uh, or uh, attempting to uh, pull the wool over their eyes. Uh, I mean that 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 trumps everything. Uh, pardon the pun, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, you know, I, I, I haven't uh, – Mr. Morrison's uh, posts are just too long for me. I'm, I'm, I guess I've been uh, 
indoctrinated by the uh, by the uh, internet uh, rule. I just don't have time to, to wade through point by point, uh, you know, comments about uh, about who said what and what what they really think. I mean, I, I've just got so much going on. I just can't wade through some of it. I, I hate to say that. I do try to read uh, as many of the posts that get get up there and subjects that I'm interested in. I, I try to read as many as I can, but uh, I, my eyes just glazed over. I, I just haven't been doing that that good in the last week, so that's part of it. I haven't had the patience, I guess. But at some point, I'll, I'll go through there and, and read it and see if uh, and see if there's uh, some salient points that we should uh, we should you know drill down on later. It's a lot. I mean, he writes a message, and that message is several thousand words sometimes. Yeah, you know, I'm, I mean, I, I appreciate you know the effort, and I appreciate and I admire the uh, the diligence and stuff. But you know, I just have to be in the right frame of mind to be able to dive through stuff like that, um, especially when it has to do with a subject I'm not really that interested in. I think the contactee uh, subject is, um, you know, it's. It ticks me off. I mean, it, it's 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 something that I've, I've been battling against ever since I got involved in this field, and that is battling the uh, you know the yahoos. I, I'm just I'm so tired of of people trying to create cults of personality around themselves, try to pull the wool over people's eyes, try to sell more books, try to put more butts in seats by coming up with BS scenarios. And you know, you might know a little bit of science, you might know a little bit of philosophy, but if you're a BS artist, I don't want to know you. Hey, so let's talk to somebody who takes a noble approach. He has I, sal- much, much, uh, much preferable. Definitely. His name is Stan Gordon. He's joining us next with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster, and you will stay there long. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do 
all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee, so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com. And use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. Many medicines used to treat colds and flu contain acetaminophen, a pain reliever and fever reducer found in hundreds of over-the-counter and prescription medicines. But taking too much or more than one medication containing acetaminophen per day can damage your liver. So always read the label and don't take acetaminophen if you drink three or more alcoholic drinks every day. To learn more, visit fda.gov slash otcpaininfo. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Food and Drug Administration. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So I have to tell you, we're always delighted to have Stan Gordon on the Paracast because he has large collections of what could be only called weird stuff. And I'm not talking about the political spectrum now. We're not doing politics today. We're talking strictly about things in the sky, things that go bump in the night, weird creatures, everything like that. And what I'm seeing here, Stan Gordon, is that in your home state of Pennsylvania, which I love Pennsylvania, by the way, I had some of the happiest years of my life there. In Pennsylvania, you see I'm buttering them up here. In Pennsylvania, you seem to have a pretty good collection of stuff year after year. Even when people sort of think, well, maybe UFOs are passe. I'm telling you, look, I'm looking at all the cases you've got up there. It never stops. Well, you're only seeing just a sample of the reports that come in. I mean, you know, I've been doing this now since 1959. I've been out in the field since 1965 investigating UFOs, Bigfoot, cryptids, and other phenomena. 
surprising to your listeners, and all the years I've been doing this, so it's going to be 58 years this year, I have never seen a UFO or Bigfoot myself. Surprises a lot of people, interviewed thousands of witnesses, have seen and gathered a lot of really interesting physical evidence over the years, but I've never had my own personal encounter. And this phenomenon has been going on for a long, long time. I mean, going back to the Native Americans, to even there's newspaper accounts from the 1800s of Pennsylvania that talks about strange encounters. So the phenomenon has been ongoing here for, for many, many years. Now, this is an interesting point here. In terms of the number of sightings, it's been pretty consistent based on the charts you've been posting. Oh, it's unending. I mean, it's all year round, every year. I mean, there's been some very interesting cases already this year. Last year was very busy. Over the years, we've had periodic massive outbreaks, such as that famous 73-74 wave of UFOs on Bigfoot we can talk about. Those are very rare when those type of outbreaks occur. But the phenomena, it, it never ends. Even in recent years... We're getting some of those classic UFO reports. I call them the classic reports because what we used to hear about in the late 50s and 60s and 70s of large, low-level objects seen as low-level, sometimes near the ground or on the ground, where, where there was detail seen, not just lights in the sky. So for, these are the classic cases, Stan, that we used to hear about in the 50s and 60s, and the feeling has been, well, we don't see the really close-up stuff anymore, but you're telling me now we do. Oh, yeah, we get some. I mean, we're not having huge numbers, but we're getting some of those great reports. The whole problem is this. People say, well, how come it's never in the news? Well, the reason is because the majority of witnesses that call here, and I'm sure most other uh, outlets, is that they want no publicity. You know, I, I get calls here from people from all walks of life, from air traffic controllers, military and commercial pilots, state troopers, people from all walks of life who call in with reports. 99% of them want no publicity whatsoever. In fact, they're very reluctant to even call in. I mean, I deal with this almost every day with current and past reports. And the stranger the report is, the more unlikely they are to want any publicity. So a lot of people who have encounters with Bigfoot and other cryptids or close-range UFO encounters, they're very reluctant to publicly want to talk about it. You think after all these years that UFOs have been in the public eye, that people talk about the things that have happened to them. You have the reality shows and everything. People, do you think, are more inclined than ever to be secretive about this or what? No, I think more and more people are talking about it. I mean, I do a lot of presentations around the country, and I, I'm in contact with lots of people in the public on a regular basis. The interest is amazing. People are very interested in this phenomena. Still, many of the eyewitnesses, for various reasons, they know what they saw, even though in some cases it's hard for them to even believe what they saw, but they're reluctant still to talk about it, except sometimes their relatives or friends. It's still the situation with so many eyewitnesses out there. So what is someone like you, who has been researching this, as you say, for close to six decades now, how do you draw people out, or can you? I'm not sure exactly what you're talking about. How can you tell who's credible and who isn't? Is that what you no, mean? How do you persuade someone who has seen something really weird to talk about it well no i've been doing this for a long time i mean my hotline's been open since 1969 and it's out there and it's amazing i mean every, i can say almost every day calls come in or emails come in concerning current and past reports including today already 
and it, it's ongoing. It never ends. But some people have waited months, weeks, many, many years before they'll even call in. I mean, I just had an email from someone here a little bit ago who wants to talk to me about something that are very reluctant to talk about. Uh, and I'm not even sure exactly what all the details are yet, but this is what I get from people. And once again, it seems as though the stranger the encounter that more reluctant they are to go public, and they'll share it with me. Even some are reluctant to even tell me about it because they'll think they'll think that I'm thinking they're crazy. And I always let them say, "Look, I've been doing this for a long time. I'm very open-minded. You know, I'm, I'm more willing to listen to your story and, and discuss it with you." And so many of these people afterwards are so happy to find out that they're not alone. That quite often people in their area reported the same thing, or historically. Other people around the country or in Pennsylvania have reported something similar with very similar details, and many of them said they were so thankful that they could finally talk to somebody about it because it made them feel so much better. Yeah, I'd like to chime in here real quick, uh, Stan, and, and absolutely agree 100% with with your uh, sort of observations about how people tend to be more reluctant uh, to come forward based on the high strangeness of the case. The higher strange the case, the less likely it is to be reported, um, especially uh, officially reported. Uh, but in, in, in our cases, as investigators, um, you know, with a, with a, a whole network of, of uh, potential citing, citing uh, sources, that people tend to be more reluctant, I think, to, uh, uh, to report uh, the higher strange cases. And, and you know, you're I think you're more and more mundane sightings. People feel more comfortable and, and don't feel um, as reticent or reluctant to come forward. I also notice that when people feel that they've been victimized, uh, such as ranchers and cattle mutilations or or people that have um, had a, a, a Bigfoot encounter that maybe uh, was scary, let's say, or a haunting that, uh, that tended to be uh, uh, have the appearance of negativity – that that also has a tendency to dissuade people from reporting uh, their experiences. Oh, I, I agree 100%. And in fact, as you know, and this phenomenon, you know, I've said this many times in the past, the phenomenon is so strange it protects itself. There's a lot more to Bigfoot and the cryptids and certain aspects of the UFO phenomena than many people want to get into or realize. It's much, much stranger. And I'm not so sure anybody has the answers for sure as to what we're dealing with. But, you know, sometimes this phenomena seems to focus on certain individuals or families or properties. And it goes on sometimes for days or weeks or months or longer. And a lot of those people, and I, and I know of some of those ongoing cases right now, and they're, they're very reluctant to tell people about the, the poltergeist activity, the strange lights, the screams, the footprints, the hairy Bigfoot they're seeing on the property. And I know you've had something like that somewhere out your way as well over the years. We'll have more with Stan Gordon, UFO investigator, cryptid investigator from Pennsylvania, saying that 2016 was again very busy with sightings. More to come with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. 
Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. You've heard the phrase, you are what you eat? Not true. Actually, you are what you can absorb. So if the vitamins and supplements you now take are not being absorbed, what good are they? Introducing Protovite, proprietary liquid system that allows premium quality nutrients to positively affect the blood in an astonishing five minutes. Watch our amazing two-minute live blood cell video at TrueHealthFacts.com. That's TrueHealthFacts.com. Then call 502-410-3411. Protovite is nutrition you can feel. Protovite is nutrition that gets in. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. For P150, P150 GA, P150 NY, P150 OK, P150 TN, C250 A, C250 E, C250 Q. Not available in all states. If New York or Colorado, call for a similar offer. What's the scariest thing about going to the dentist? Opening your mouth or opening your wallet? Because just a simple cleaning can cost $100, and things like root canals can cost you hundreds more. If you don't have dental insurance to help, call Physicians Mutual Insurance Company, 1-800-972-5856. This isn't a discount plan or preventive-only coverage. This is real dental insurance that helps pay for checkups right away. So you can call today and get your teeth cleaned tomorrow. Plus, it helps cover the more expensive procedures you might need down the road. Fillings, crowns, bridges, even costly dentures. There's no deductible and no annual maximum. Your acceptance is guaranteed for one of these insurance policies, even if you're retired. There are no networks, so you can choose any dentist you'd like. Call now for a free information kit with all the details. 1-800-972-5856. That's 1-800-972-5856. 5856 1-800-972-5856 Hey, diabetics, yeah, you. Got a spare hour to waste going to the pharmacy to get your insulin or other meds and supplies every month? I didn't think so. Me either. I've got life going on, which is why I use PillPack. PillPack is an amazing online pharmacy. They package up all my diabetic meds and testing supplies into daily doses and send it to me every month automatically. All I do is pay my normal copay. PillPack does the rest. I'm serious. This is a free service. They don't even charge for shipping. PillPack handles all the medical insurance stuff and even get with my doctors for my other prescriptions so I don't have to, which is good because that's the stuff I forget. But Pill Pack remembers everything. They even package up my daily vitamins so I remember to take them too. If you're diabetic, your meds and supplies are life and death, which means you need Pill Pack. Call right now for this free service. You may even qualify for $25 in free vitamins. 800-560-7310. That's 800-560-7310. Again, 800-560-7310. 
This is Leslie Kane, and I'm with the Coalition for Freedom of Information, and you are listening to the Paracast. Just want to tell you a little bit about the best way to support the Paracast, and that is the Paracast Plus, where we offer the After the Paracast podcast, which is a special show, a wrap-up show, a show that features extended interviews, as we had, of course, with Paul Eno, and, of course, with Ray Stanford. So it's always fascinating, and to be able to listen to that show, you have to be a member of the Paracast Plus to get the commercial-free version of this show. And, by the way, Paul Eno has donated a few copies of Behind the Paranormal to long-term subscribers for Paracast Plus to learn how to get a copy, and the supplies are limited. I mean, it's just a handful we have here. Go to plus, P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com. That's plus dot theparacast.com. We're talking to Stan Gordon here, exploring all these amazing encounters that people have been having in the state of Pennsylvania. We'll get into that in a moment. Now, the thing you point out here, which we have mentioned often, is that when you talk to people who have weird encounters like UFOs, there's something else going on also quite often. They've had other experiences. It's not just a lonely sighting. And one of the things we kind of rag on here on the Paracast stand is the fact that some UFO investigators look at the UFO as an external event. All right, you're there, you see it, let's get the details and go on with our lives. And you're pointing out here that it's not that easy because it may be one of many things happening to an individual and possibly their families, right? Yeah, there's variations in the type of reports. Some are just one being the right place at the right time UFO observation or Bigfoot encounter. But in some cases... And I started to study this years and years ago, but unfortunately, you know, working full-time, having no funding, having multitudes of ongoing reports coming in across the state, running three volunteer groups for many, many years out of our own pockets, you couldn't do the studies I wanted to do, but I began years ago to look into the backgrounds of certain people who were having some of these encounters. And some of these people, even today, from 20, 30 years ago, I'm still in touch with, and it's been very interesting to see how the phenomena affected other generations of families. So some of these people originally started as young children having apparitions, ghost hauntings in their home. Later there there was UFO activity. Some encountered Bigfoot. Other ones throughout their lives had other encounters. And then later uh, children and grandchildren had the experiences as well. I think, again, there, there's much more to this than any of us understand. A lot of these sightings are just sporadic where a person has one sighting. But there's a, there's a lot of odd activity going on with some of these reports. I mean, years ago, I remember there were some cases where there would be a, a group of people, and only certain people within that group were able to t- describe seeing this large flying object hovering nearby, and the others couldn't see it. I've speculated for years that whatever phenomena we're dealing with, and we may be dealing with more than one origin for a lot of these mysteries that are going on, that maybe certain people have certain abilities that they're able to have the experience or perceive certain activity other people can't, or the phenomena, whatever it is, is attracted to certain people. And it just makes it much more complex, and it's just an amazing mystery we're dealing with. Well, should we then be doing 23andMe genetic testing on some of these people to see if there's a commonality in their genetic profiles? Well, that, that might be interesting. 
from what I recall from years and years ago, I began to find certain things. Uh, one thing I remember finding was that certain individuals had a, I'm trying to remember, it was a, a severe back or neck injury that was showing up in some of the cases more than normal. I think some of these people had unusually low blood pressure. There was just certain things that were showing up when I was talking to these people that I thought was kind of interesting. And that's from, oh, my gosh, that's going back 30, 40 years ago. Oh, okay. You know what? That's the thing also that bothers me, too, in getting somewhere in the UFO field. How do we show other people, and certainly we've been talking about it here, Chris spent so many years in the mysterious valley following up all sorts of different cases. How do we persuade like a MUFON to look at this? Because that's not on their radar. Well, you know, this is part of the problem. And, you know, you, you look into this and you, and you see there's certain things. And so I've dealt mainly with, with the UFO and Bigfoot phenomena. Because after that massive wave in the early 70s, which we've talked about before, we can go back and go through some of the highlights of that time, some of the strangest events ever documented, there were well-documented cases, for example, with UFOs and Bigfoot seen together. And once again, I keep stressing, I'm not saying that Bigfoot is extraterrestrial. We don't know what these things are, but there were strong cases where UFOs and Bigfoot were seen together at the same time and place. And other phenomena sometimes involved in some of those situations. And once again, even with the UFOs. I've said for years there's more than one origin for the unknown category of UFOs. Uh, could some be extraterrestrial? Possibly. Could these things, for lack of a better term, be interdimensional? Could they be time travelers, unknown natural phenomena? There's so many answers we don't have questions for. And what I came up across years ago, and I'm sure others in the field too, is that the UFO community does not want to associate UFOs with Bigfoot and vice versa. Those in the Bigfoot field who feel that these things are probably some type of unknown primate, which I thought for years and years, and I still keep an open mind all possibilities, that they don't want to associate that with UFO sightings. The problem is, it's not just something that happens in Pennsylvania. These incidents, I'm aware of, happen all over the country in many parts of the world. There's a there may well be a lot more to these cases than people know about, but what I found out years ago is that many researchers who had these cases or had experiences or knowledge of them, they were reluctant to publish their findings because they didn't want to be ridiculed by their fellow researchers, and a lot of witnesses were reluctant to talk about it. But I can tell you, in more recent years, and uh, I've had a great response to my Silent Invasion book, which talks about these cases, but I've had so many people now from both fields come to me and say, you know what, what you're talking about is beginning to make sense, especially involving Bigfoot. Because I've said for so many years, something just doesn't make any sense here. You've got how many Bigfoot sightings every year across the country and multitudes in Pennsylvania and other areas, and across the world something similar. And yet, after all these years, we still have very little physical evidence. We have no bodies, which is only common sense that by now, even though these things are rare compared to seeing other natural animals, they've been seen for so long, you would think by now that somebody would have found a dead one. I don't recommend shooting at them, but somebody would have shot one, and we had numerous cases in Pennsylvania where people shot at them and never brought one down, or people would have hit one with a car, and we got some strange cases about that as well. 
And it, there's more to this than we understand. And when you look at some of the cases that I've personally investigated and a case that I know of throughout the country and around the world, some of those cases strongly suggest that Bigfoot may very well be something other than flesh and blood. But how do you possibly prove it? That's always the rub. And we, we may not be able to prove at this point. All you can do is gather the data, gather all this information, compare the information. Sometime in the future, I think, as we're looking at the areas of science now, it's beginning to open up certain areas. Um, I think as our technology advances, the instrumentation may well be able to uh, perceive some of this phenomena around us, some of this energy. But right now, you know, you can only do what you can do. You can gather what physical evidence you can, gather all the data, do the comparisons, compare the data from around the country and around the world, and see where it leads us to. And, I mean, it's, it's been the same with the UFO phenomena for years. I mean, we've got a lot of theories out there. There's a lot of great stories and information, but it's all theoretical. We just don't know for sure what we're dealing with. Now, we're going to have to split for a piece of business in a moment, but let me start out with a question here. If I wanted to show to people interested in these subjects that there's more than one thing going on here it's not just spaceships there's more involvement there's ufos and this other phenomena going on especially to specific families could you give us one or two cases recent ones that show that a lot more is going on we've got more to come with stan gordon and gene and chris you're in the Paracast. <laughs> for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features, and most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Hunters, anglers, campers, and survivalists, get back to nature. Expand your horizons with the highest quality, most versatile, unique slingshots and slingbows on the market at slingbow.com. Slingbow products are compact and models start from just $17.98. They're perfect for your bug out bag or storing in your vehicle. Give yourself and your loved ones the excitement and tradition of Slingbow, a new frontier in archery and truly modern twist on this primitive survival tool. Feel the thrill only at slingbow.com. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. 
Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I'm here to tell you about GCNTelecare.com, a team of board-certified doctors assisting you 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. Within 15 minutes of registration, care your family can afford. Revolutionizing the healthcare industry, virtual consulting, providing diagnosis of non-emergency medical issues by phone or secure video on computer or smart mobile devices. GCNTelecare.com, virtual care anywhere. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cal Bend Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Imagine what it's like to be active your whole life and then find out you're going blind. I have age-related macular degeneration, or AMD. As a wife, mother, and grandmother, my sight is precious to me, so I was relieved to find that treatments for some forms of AMD are available, and research for additional treatments is underway. Call the Foundation Fighting Blindness today at 1-800-BLINDNESS for a free packet on reversing or managing AMD, or go to the website fightblindness.org, where I found so much helpful information. Call 1-800-BLINDNESS today. This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So the question on the table, Stan Gordon, Pennsylvania investigator of all things anomalous. Can you maybe recite a couple of example cases showing where it's more than just the flying saucers. Yeah, and well, some of these actually can be historical. I can give you one from actually last year with UFOs, because in some cases, even daylight sightings where people reported low-level solid objects, sometimes these things suddenly appear and disappear. They physically change form. Case last year, this would have been, I believe, October 16th. This is in Fayette County, Pennsylvania. This is a beautiful afternoon. This is an area that has a tremendous history of all kind of phenomena. Lots of Bigfoot reports, a lot of UFO reports, other phenomena. We'll probably talk more about Fayette County and the Chestnut Ridge. The Chestnut Ridge is a 100-mile-long mountain range that stretches from Preston County, West Virginia, to Westmore and Fayette, Indiana County, in southwest PA. It is an area that year after year, there are many, many sightings on the ridge, along the border of the ridge, 
you know, within a short distance of the ridge where people report all kind of phenomena year after year. But this particular event, that afternoon, it was, it was a nice afternoon. Husband and wife were riding down Route 43 outside of Uniontown. As they told me, they're riding down this four-lane highway. There were cars well ahead of them. And ahead of them. There were vehicles far behind them, but no vehicles right in the immediate area. So as they're riding down the road, ahead of them on the left side, above the treetops, they see what looks like some kind of a black, misty smoke that begins to form into this very large black triangular object. And they watch as this triangular object forms, and that triangular object comes over into the two left southbound lanes of the highway, and then it continues to move in front of them down the road in the northbound lanes that they're traveling on. As they watch, the object suddenly begins to change from the rectangular object to the circular object. So it turns into a big circular object, begins to move back over into the two left lanes where it begins to form back into the big rectangular shape and suddenly right in front of them it just vanishes from their eyes and disappears. So we hear reports like that. That's been going on for a long time. You know, some of those famous cases with Bigfoot, especially geez, going back to 73, as you might recall, we had the biggest outbreak in history with UFO and Bigfoot sightings went on with UFOs throughout 1973 with hundreds and hundreds of UFO cases in Pennsylvania. Then we had that massive Bigfoot outbreak in the summer that went on for months until early 1974, first in southwestern Pennsylvania, then extending into other areas. Well, initially, with all the reports coming in, and back in those days, again, you got to remember, no cell phones, no Internet. It was a different time period. I had always felt that Bigfoot was likely an unknown primate. Well, as these reports are coming in from widespread areas, many calls to the police departments, people reporting strange things concerning some of these reports. And even my teams of research people would get out to some of these locations within minutes to hours, and there will be trails of footprints that in some cases would just suddenly stop and disappear where there should have been more tracks. Just some of the oddities that showed up initially. I remember one fella contacted the local police down in Derry Township. Remember, I believe you said it was him and his wife that afternoon were riding down the road when this large, hairy Bigfoot creature ran out in front of his car. He came up to it, and he said he actually hit it with the car, and upon impact, it vanished and disappeared. And he actually went to the police and told them that story. Uh, another thing that you rarely ever hear about with Bigfoot, but we had some amazing cases, is where a Bigfoot walks out in front of a car, and at that point, the car begins to malfunction and it loses power. And when the creature continues to walk on, the power comes back on. Uh, it just goes on and on and on. But the one case of 74 that really stuck out and convinced me that there was more to Bigfoot than just a flesh and blood explanation was in February of 1974 up in the uh, mountains of Fayette County up near Ohio Pile. The brief part of the story is that uh, a woman who lived in her cabin was uh, sitting there watching TV. She heard a commotion on a little cabin porch where she had some pop cans laying around. And something was moving pop cans around. And there had been a pack of wild dogs coming through previously. She figured those dogs are back, so she thought, you know what, I'll grab my shotgun. I'll just fire over their head and scare the dogs away. So she loads one chamber that shotgun. She goes over to the front porch turns on the porch light, steps outside, and there's no dogs there, but 
just in front of her, just a couple feet, two, three feet away, here's this huge Bigfoot-type creature. And she never called it a Bigfoot. She said to me, she said, it looked like a great big hairy ape, but it had its arms straight up over its head, and she fires right into it with her shotgun and blasts the thing. And she said it was this bright, brilliant flash of light, like the flash on a camera, and it disappeared right in front of her. It sounds to me like this is almost a projection. It's not a physical creature. So anyhow, in some cases, there's some physical evidence left behind. In this case, now, the, the son-in-law and family heard it 100 feet away, the gunshot. He proceeded up the dirt road in the dark, and he said he was surrounded by four or five hairy people with eyes like coals of fire. And about the same time, there's this large object with numerous, numerous lights on it hovering over the woods at the same time. So they were pretty scared, and they called the state police. And uh, the state police and um, other uh, authorities came to the scene. I couldn't get up until early the next morning. And uh, I talked to the primary investigator, and he said something very weird happened on that farm. He said, I don't know what it was, but by the time we got there and found the place, everything was gone. But how the animals reacted was something that really stood out. That is something that I have seen, and it's very common to a lot of these reports. Various types of animals, from horses to cattle to other domestic animals, primarily the dogs. And even, even the most vicious dogs, when they're close to these creatures, they won't bark, they cower, they cry, they shake, they hide. Sometimes they won't even eat right properly. Chris, have you not had cases like that? Yeah, absolutely. And I've heard of many cases uh, similar. In fact, we had someone on recently that talked about that, about a dog, um, a very vicious dog, that uh, a guard dog that uh, acted like a little puppy and was just uh, peeing on itself. <laughs> it was so scared. And uh, oftentimes you'll have um, dogs will go hide is one thing that I I tend to um it kind of sticks in my mind that the the animals will actually physically go hide under a porch or go hide in some some spot uh to be away from the encounter um which is uh you know obviously out of character uh, most of the times especially on ranches where you have ranch dogs that are that are pretty aggressive and uh and and fairly well trained to uh to protect the livestock and 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 you know the the property and that's very very common yet yeah, i hear that yeah. many many times over the yeah. years and there, there are so many oddities. I mean, you talk about, and you know, over the years with Bigfoot, you know, in some cases with the creature, and these are things a lot of people don't hear about or would rather not acknowledge they could exist. But, you know, if you only had one report, it would be different. But when you have so many reports from widespread areas, from different credible witnesses who really don't want anybody to know about it, um, you realize something is going on. And with some of these cases, for example, um, uh, the one case up in uh, Cambria County years ago, these two guys are coming down the road late at night. Here's this huge Bigfoot standing right in the middle of the road. They got a great look at this thing. It took off across the road, went up the embankment. And, you know, I remember one witness saying to me, he said, it was so unusual. I'm looking at this huge creature. The top part of the body was completely normal, but the lower part of the body was out of focus. He said it was just not clear. Oh, that's bizarre. I, I've never heard that description. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they you know, like a mist around it. Um, and in some cases we've had, there wasn't a complete body. 
I mean, the cases we had up around Jamonville back in 73 where people were seeing these things by the big uh, stones up there, and there was only certain parts of the body that they were able to see at times. It, and sometimes you have reports of these things are on one side of a witness, and almost instantaneously it disappears and appears on the other side of them. And But some cases suggest that there's something physical there, because sometimes we have physical evidence at the scene, uh, footprints or other evidence that suggests that these things are physically solid at times, but other times they're not. And when you hear these cases of people shooting at them, and they disappear, not sometimes in a flash of light, and I know there are other cases around the country where this has happened, or I remember one case where a fellow saw one on his property and shot at the thing, and right in front of him it disappeared. He could hear it continue to run, but he couldn't see it. And I mean, this is just weird, weird things that are going on out there. We've got so much more to come, and Chris has some responses to the reports from Stan in our next segment. Stan Gordon, Gene Steinberg, Chris O'Brien, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. You've been hearing Dr. Wallach talking about 90 essential nutrients, keeping the body healthy. GCNteam.com now has Beyond Tangy Tangerine tablets, 60 plant-derived minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, packed in a powerful tablet. But that's not it. 160,000 auric points, a knockout punch to free radicals, Call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. That's 877-878-4203. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNteam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg.
Let's continue with a fascinating excursion into world of unknown events here. Chris. Yeah, I'm I'm struck by um, some of the descriptions, or, or you could almost substitute the word Bigfoot for UFO, and you'd have exact descriptions that I've had uh, off and on over the years of people reporting UFO objects, that they shine a light at it. Uh, in one case, I had a rancher uh, actually fire a rifle. The thing disappeared in a flash of light. This is very <laughs> interesting. We're seeing, not only are we seeing correlations between actual physical manifestations being seen in close proximity to one another, but we're also seeing similar descriptions of what happens when animals are actually fired at. Your description of the lower half of the animal being out of focus, I've never heard that one before. That's that's one for the books. I, I That's amazing. <laughs> well, actually, right now, you know, I, I do a lot of lectures around the country, and I'm working on a, on a new one right now, which is to cover the, the strange aspect of the elusive Bigfoot. And it gets into a lot of things that people just never heard about before or, again, are reluctant to even talk about it. And, you know, there's cases, for example, of balls of light that form into various cryptids. And what we're hearing in more recent years from a lot of people in the Bigfoot field from Pennsylvania and other parts of the country, and I'm hearing this more and more, that Bigfoot researchers are going out investigating in areas where there's a history of Bigfoot activity and instead of seeing Bigfoot or finding evidence, they're seeing these balls of light that are low to the ground, sometimes approach close by, they flit around in the trees, and we're hearing that more and more. And a good example of this was last year, one of the, one of the significant Bigfoot sightings was, I believe it was May the 10th, up in Fayette County again, and that was outside of Fairchance, Pennsylvania. And there was a very good sighting. It was investigated by one of my associate researchers, Jim Brown. And there were two men driving down a rural road where there's been a lot of history of Bigfoot sightings for years and years. It was a very foggy night with a very, very heavy pouring down rain. And as they're riding down the road, suddenly the seven-foot-tall, hair-covered creature comes down from the left bank and comes right down and stops right in the path of the car about 20 feet away. The guys in the car look at this thing, it's looking at them. They described, and this has been pretty prominent in more recent reports, they talked about the glowing, luminous red eyes. As they're staring at this thing, they slowly, the driver slowly moves the car forward, and both men feel as the car makes slight contact with the creature, and at that point, the creature places its hands on the front of the car and the bumpers against its legs, and it suddenly removes its hands and slowly turns around and walks across the road and walks down the road, and it's gone. So within the week, some of the local Bigfoot researchers who investigate a lot of sightings around over the years, they went up there to look around for evidence of Bigfoot, but instead they see these very strange globes of light moving around they couldn't explain. And I, I interviewed several of them, and it's something we hear about more and more across the country. Well, that's an interesting point here. The fact that Chris ran to a lot of unusual things going on in the Mysterious Valley. You have a lot of unusual things going on in parts of Pennsylvania. What other parts of the country can we look to for similar events? Oh, I've heard reports from many other areas, from, from adjacent areas here from West Virginia, Ohio. I can tell you, historically, going back many years, from Illinois, from Ohio, from Tennessee, just top of my head, from... Uh, I think it was New Mexico from Illinois, and on and on and on. I'm sure Chris has heard this, too. And I know that there are other researchers out there. 
Uh, Nick Redfern has written about this. Linda Moulton Howe. There have been numerous other people who have written about it, but I know that there is many other researchers out there that know about it who have not published this because they're reluctant to talk about it. Well, that is, I guess, the biggest impediment here. Is it because, and we go back to those certain UFO organizations, they've conveyed the feeling that UFOs represent a singular phenomenon, therefore, when we get into the other stuff, we're just too crazy? Well, anybody that's a researcher that keeps an open-minded attitude towards the phenomena, once again, I'm skeptical but open-minded, and my position, regardless of what kind of case we deal with, from the time I started out in the field in 1965, I get many reports in. Many incidents sound very strange and unusual initially. When you take the time to track them down, many are determined to be natural or man-made origin. So as we all know, there are many misidentifications, especially with UFOs. With Bigfoot, over the years, some found out were nothing more than bear or very large shaggy dogs or even hunters in camouflage suits. So there's a lot of things you can determine, but so many of the Bigfoot sightings we've had around here over the years, they haven't been like something you might see on some of the TV shows with a shadow in the dark a half a mile away. I mean, many of these were in daylight. They were at extremely close range. And when I say extremely close, I'm saying five to ten feet away from witnesses. That's where they walked out in front of vehicles or near mobile homes or people looked out their windows that were living in, in the country settings. They got very close look at these things, and sometimes there was more than one creature. There was times when there were two or three of them seen together at the same time and place. And, you know, oh. police officers have seen them, hunters have seen them, other people are very responsible have seen them. They know what they're seeing. They know these are not bear. I mean, the, the, the physical traits are completely different. I mean, bears don't have arms that hang down almost to the ground and swing in their arms. And uh, there, there is... This is a much more complex phenomena than many people want to deal with. <laughs> Boy, that's an understatement. I love the case from a silent invasion of the, the folks in the car. And what was it, a dog man or something, or a wolf man that ran after behind them and grabbed a hold of the back of the car and left these huge scratches down the trunk of the car? What a great case that was. Completely oh, yeah, that, tons that of physical evidence. Book. That was my first book. That was Really Mysterious Pennsylvania. Oh, okay, re- okay, sorry. Yeah, I, I got the still, book mixed up. out there. Yeah, that was a great case. Oh, what a uh, case. And that was a case where these fellows were, were actually antagonizing this thing with its high beams of light. Because they had been, it was, this occurred in Derry Township again. It's one of the hottest areas in the country along the Chestnut Ridge in Westmoreland County, where year after year, including last year, I've had reports this year already of some activity of all kind of weird stuff, especially with Bigfoot sightings and UFOs. And in that particular case, um, there were three fellows involved. Two of them were directly involved in the incident. Um, they worked late at night. They were coming down a dark road. It's a long story, as I recall. But anyhow, they lost an expensive hubcap off their truck, and it rolled into an air where there was a bunch of old car bodies. And they got out of the vehicle. They had walkie-talkies. They got out of the vehicle. And they're looking around, and as I recall, they have like a growl, and they turn around, and here's this nine-foot-tall creature that stands up in the corner uh, with white hair. You know, we don't hear that often about the white ones, but we do get reports of these large creatures with white hair on occasion. And this thing stood straight up, and the one guy was just, he was very upset. He ran at me. The other guy stood there for, I think, about 20 seconds or so. 
just to get a good look at this thing. He couldn't, he couldn't believe what he was seeing, and they ran back to the truck, and they got out of there. And anyhow, the odd part of the story was this is a very desolate area, country area. Three o'clock, and this, is, this occurred, I believe, around, um, I think it was around three o'clock in the morning. And um, as they're pulling down the road, all of a sudden, this uh, very fancy Chevy Dually passes them, and um, these guys watch as these things turns around, and these guys are moving fast down the road, and this guy, these guys in a Chevy Dually, they come speeding down the road, trying to apparently trying to catch up with those witnesses, and they said it looked like it, it came right up to the rear of their license plate, turned the headlights out, and backed off the side road. So anyhow, that, that was another interesting little part of the story. Anyhow, the one fellow involved, he was visiting a friend nearby, one of the guys was with him. He had his own car. When he was out there, he had dropped, I think it was some, some keys and a knife or something, something important. He wanted to go back to the scene. I think they went back one time, a second time they went by, and they saw the thing again, and they antagonized it uh, with this high-beam light as it came around the car bodies. And this thing actually chased them down the road for a short distance, keeping up with their speed, and then it just stopped. Hey, we've got to do our break here and continue with this fascinating case. With Stan Gordon, Gene, and Chris, you're in The Paracast. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Think about this. Your community's aging water infrastructure systems are very likely to be contaminated with heavy metals like lead, disinfection chemicals like ammonia, chlorine, and chloramines, and pharmaceuticals like statins, pain meds, and antidepressants. And no, water treatment plants are not equipped to filter these pharmaceutical toxins out. Protect your family's water supply with the trusted Big Berkey Water Filter. New NSF EPA certified lab tests show Big Berkey Water Filters remove chloramines, pharmaceuticals, BPA, pesticides, bacteria, and viruses, all forms of fluoride, and much more. Big Berkey water filters are the original and most trusted on the market, the gold standard in water purification, and our filters last for years at less than two cents per gallon. Big Berkey, the one powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water. Get your Big Berkey today. Call 1-877-99-BERKEY or click BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com. That's 1-877-99-BERKEY. Big Berkey water filters for the love of clean water. A lot can happen in six seconds. A rodeo ride, a dramatic basketball win, and the world record holder can solve a Rubik's Cube. Six seconds is how long it takes for an 18-wheeler traveling at a safe speed to come to a complete stop. 
And in those six seconds, that truck will travel the length of two football fields. So please, give them room. Never cut in front of a large truck for any reason. Our roads, our responsibility. Learn more at sharetheroadsafely.gov. What if Extendivite really works, but you find that hard to believe and you spend precious time looking for someone to say, just try it. I have my help today because of Extendivite, and if I did not take a leap of faith and try it, well, I would be on disability today. Take one bottle of Extendivite as suggested for 60 days to find out for yourself. No need to stop any other meds you may be on. You know by now that they are not working for you. Before the 60 days are up, I know that you will feel Extendivite working for you and will want to take another bottle. Life is too short. Get your Extendivite today. Extendivite is available in capsule or liquid form for just $69.95 for a two-month supply. To get started, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit heartdrop.com. Extend your life with Extendovite. By now you know that wireless technology like cell phones do in fact pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. This is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Uninterrupted Incredible Encounters with Stan Gordon. Go ahead, please. So anyhow, these fellas having these experiences during the evening. The third encounter, the one fella, he had gone to his friend's house to pick up his car. He was the one that had dropped the keys and the knife. He was going to make one more attempt to try to recover those items from that scene. His car was a uh, a souped-up, really nice. He put a lot of money into, like, a racing engine in it. Put a lot of money into this car. He went back to the scene. I remember him, he just opened the door and reached down, and I'm not sure it was his keys or the knife, and he grabbed it. And momentarily, all of a sudden, he felt his weight on the car, like on the back of the car, and he's hitting the hitting the um, gas pedal trying to get out of there, and the car's not moving. It, the tack's really going up. He said the, actually the sound of the pipes were whistling. It was so loud. And he looked up, and here on the trunk of the car, here's this white, hairy creature, which is about nine feet tall with glowing red eyes, staring at him in, through the back window, looking at him. And he's hitting the gas, hitting the gas. And finally he said he thinks what happened was the sound was so loud from the pipes that the thing actually released the car, and he was able to get on the road. And he went down the road. And anyhow, as he goes down the road, he goes to a little 24-hour convenience store to get his composure back, and he watched his car the whole time. And he said, while he's looking out the window, some young kids pull up, and they're kind of looking at his car, kind of admiring it. And he walks outside, and one of the guys says something like, nice car, but what happened? Did you get attacked by a bear? And he said, what are you talking about? And he went around looked at the back of the car, and there on the trunk are these huge 
areas of, of large claw marks cut deep into the metal of the car. All right, that's and, very uh, important there, pointing out that this is not a projection. In this case, it was a physical encounter. I'm glad right, you mentioned that, yeah. He was very, very shook up, didn't know what had happened. Anyhow, he went home. They called me early morning. It must have been around 4 o'clock in the morning, somewhere around there. I can't remember exactly. I know it was early morning. I wrote the whole thing up in my really mysterious Pennsylvania book. And anyhow, to make the story even more interesting, I was going to make arrangements to uh, go out early the next day to go out and interview the people and take photographs and measurements or whatever, which I did, and found that one of the witnesses initially I talked to was a little upset, afraid to get involved, but anyhow, he had told me that after I had talked to him on the phone a short time later, the phone rings in his house, and there's a message from what was alleged to be a federal agency, a sign from the federal agency, and they basically told him, forget about what you saw, and I strongly suggest you don't talk to Stan Gordon about it, <laughs> which was kind of interesting. They blame oh, you. Man in black phone call that, that are touting you. I love it. <laughs> See, the, you're, you're responsible, Stan. You're responsible for the men in black. That's it. <laughs> so the question is, how did anybody know about the incident? One, either they traced that license plate, whoever they were, to that person who was driving, who I was talking to, or... Somebody was listening on my phone lines. How else would they have known about that incident? So it's kind of interesting. And we have no way to verify this government agency was involved in it. Um, I did uh, send them a letter. I never received a response. But it's an interesting case. And over the years, there were some other incidents involving both UFOs and Bigfoot, which suggest the possibility that there were some government agencies possibly involved in some of those cases as well. They can't tap your phone without a court order, technically. Yeah. So I don't know how that would have happened, but it's just, so I don't know who it was. We just don't know how it happened. It's all speculation. Did you ever see what? anyone who you'd interpret as a possible man or woman in black? No, I have not. Well, glad uh, you've it's, not It's been just so amazing, Stan, that you've, you've been in and out of some of the most uh, hotbed areas in North America for over 50 years, and you've never had a, a personal experience. That, to me, is <laughs> it's almost unbelievable. Oh, that's true. You know, it's just uh, very, very intriguing and interesting. And again, you know, so much is a speculation. We just don't know for sure what we're dealing with or who we're dealing with, and it just makes you wonder. Boy, I'll say. Well, maybe well, again, some- Stan, the problem is here is you don't have the right genetic profile <laughs> who knows about that huh absolutely chris well i was just going to say that uh according to uh daryl sims and and i guess the um the tyler coke john uh survey that um they've been doing uh it appears to indicate that if you have sort sort of irish or scottish um heritage and combined with i think um what was it um i think cherokee if i remember correctly that particular combination uh tends to crop up uh statistically uh more uh in these survey uh respondents uh responses uh which is very intriguing to me because i remember hearing daryl sims mention this years ago and then have uh you know 
this Dr. Tyler Cokejohn and others who have been doing this um, other survey report very similar um, findings. Uh, that to me is very, very interesting. So um, maybe you need to, uh, I don't know, um, somehow import some <laughs> some uh, some Celtic and uh, um, uh, what is that? I keep I keep forgetting the uh, the tribe Cherokee. There we go. <laughs> so anyway, maybe you should get yourself a temporary transfusion of Cherokee and, and Celtic blood or something <laughs> when you go out on a. On, a, on your next case, <laughs> maybe that'll help. I'm just trying to help. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess all we can do is what we continue to do and try to follow up on these cases and try to find some good information as to what we yeah. might be dealing with. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's, it's one area of the country that I'm absolutely intrigued with. I think it's by far the most active area on the East Coast, uh, statistically. Um, are you... Um, Familiar with um, Carol Acosta's uh, uh, work, she just published a an exhaustive uh, listing of sightings in the United States from, I think, 2002 through 2012 or something. I, I'm not sure what the it's it's in the 2000s. Um, has she talked to you or or um, d- dove into your database at all and, and included any of your work? I'm not. I've heard her mention. I'm not familiar with. I've had no contact with her, so oh. I'd like to take a look at her someday. Yeah, she never contacted me either, so <laughs> I don't know how accurate this uh, particular compilation of, uh, of reports is going to be. Why do they do that, though? They ignore some of the key researches when they do these things. I, I don't know. You know, sometimes people just don't know uh, that you're there. I, I've met Cheryl. I know she knows who I am. Um, it's the same with Larry Hatch and MUFON and NIDS and, and other uh, uh, databases over the years, that, especially in the Black Triangle um, uh, arena. In the San Luis Valley, I had 12 really good Black Triangle sightings, half of them reported by law enforcement, and they were never included in any of the databases. Let's go with more of this in our next segment with Stan Gordon and Gene and Chris. You're in the Bearcast. listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, Get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Sick and tired of being sick and tired? Family Health and Education Resources wants to help you achieve and maintain good health naturally. Overcome lifestyle diseases with nutrition and natural remedies. Addiction recovery designed to build habits that heal rather than hurt. Communication and relationship building to strengthen family units. Character building and devotional resources for the whole family. We are on a mission to save America one family at a time. Visit NewEnglandFHER.com today. NewEnglandFHER.com. It's been said 
Any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Have you racked up more than $10,000 in credit card debt? Are you barely getting by, making minimum payments? You should know. The credit card companies are tricking you into thinking there's no way out. Credit card companies would rather you didn't know that there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. There are debt relief programs that help people like you escape overwhelming credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $500 million of debt. National Debt Relief has helped so many people, they're A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau. You don't have to declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. You have the right to settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Reduce a large portion of your debt now. Call National Debt Relief at 800-314-7417. 800-314-7417. That's 800-314-7417. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. One more time, the Paracast Plus at plus.theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com. We offer the After the Paracast podcast, the commercial-free version of this show, special selected audio and video presentations from Paul Kimball. And for long-term subscriptions, we've got a few copies of Behind the Paranormal autograph from Paul Eno and Ben Eno and more 
I have a copy of the early original print version of Attack of the Rockoids, the sci-fi novel that my son Grayson and I wrote. We have the ebook version of Stalking the Tricksters. Those are for lifetime subscriptions. So we're giving you everything we can. Plus.theparacast.com. We have Stan Gordon, who has had this amazing history nearly six decades now. And he's not going to give up till it's at least nine or ten because people live longer now. And he's been looking and looking. Stan, with all these reports that we're talking about here, you ever feel frustrated? My heavens, I'm at this thing for 80, 90% of my life. When's it going to end? When are we going to have the final answers? Well, I'm sure over the years, um, you get really bogged down with lots of reports. You do a lot of work. And I remember years and years ago when we began to see certain patterns and it looked like, gee, maybe we're coming up with some answers and something else will come up and we'll completely throw off your theory. So it, it just makes me aware, once again, that this whole subject is much more involved. It's much more complicated and much stranger than many people realize. Oh, ain't that the truth. Now, amongst all these sightings you've looked at in Pennsylvania, do you find much evidence of people engaging in fakery? Obviously, they do that with UFO photos and movies. They stick them on YouTube. But do you run across any of that personally? Very rarely. I mean, very rarely you have any overt ho- hoaxes. There's a lot of things people report that turn out to be, for example, Chinese lanterns, drones, or other events that we can track down. So they're not actually hoaxing it. It's just they're seeing something that has an explanation. It's very rare over the years, and, and most of the time it's been when, for example, in 73, when there was all the UFO Bigfoot activity, it was making lots of news at the time. When you have a lot of publicity like that, you expect you're going to start having some fake footprints show up, and there was ways you could easily tell what was real and what was fabricated. But it's something you rarely, rarely ever come up across. I mean, when you interview people, talk to these people, get the details, keep going over the accounts of what happened, I mean, you can tell pretty much who's telling the truth and who is not. So it's your yeah. internal lie detector that works. Well, I mean, after interviewing well, thousands of people, it's pretty easy to tell when people are genuinely you know, shaken by an event or, or genuinely um, um, amazed or frightened. Well, it's impossible for someone <laughs> to feign those things to a seasoned field investigator and uh, and actually uh, get away with it unless they're, you know, really good Hollywood-quality actors. Oh, yeah, and there's those little details. I mean, so many cases over the years, and especially some of the major cases I worked on, there were so many little details that I kept quiet until I could verify from other people. So many of these witnesses tell me these small little details that unless you had the experience, you probably would not know about them because sometimes there are things that are not something that are commonly discussed. Right. Yeah, you've got your little little uh, litmus test, too. I've, I've got some little little bits of, um, you know, descriptions mostly. When people use a particular worded description, that instantly it puts me on alert that this is a real, a real case. I, I don't share what those little buzzwords are, buzz phrases are, uh, just to keep that as pristine as possible so that people don't try to punk me with them. Yeah, that's what it is. But when you talk to people who have these encounters and then you talk to somebody sometimes days or months later from the same area and they tell you a very similar type of information, it, it begins to make you realize that there's something there that these people are not all making up stories. Yeah. How about group sightings? Uh, have you noticed uh, much 
sort of witness bias, uh, personal bias in accounts? How consistent are group citing accounts uh, from from one individual to to the next in general? Are you talking about when there was a number of people together yeah. in a group? Yeah, multiple in the multiple witnessed event. How consistent do you find the the witnesses' descriptions? To be honest, it's been a long time since I've had any case like that. Most of the time, it, it may not be a group. I mean, it may be that you've got separate witnesses uh, in the same area, separated, and then calling in separate reports and giving a similar accounts. Yeah. I can remember one case, uh, Jesus, going back in the 90s. This was several miles from where I live. And a woman was walking her dog that evening. It's a kind of a rural area. There's some homes out there. And her little dog was barking, looking up in the sky. And she looks up, and here's this huge metallic triangular object with an extra appendage on the back, about 60 feet up above the uh, electrical lines. And her first impression was this huge aircraft is going to crash in your yard, but it's just hovering there. And it hovers there, and it has a number of lights uh, come on on the bottom of it, and beams of light come down and hit her and the dog, and a big red light at the bottom. And the little dog's like paralyzed, and he grabs it and picks it up and runs in the house. And she called a friend who used to work uh, with the police and asked if he had heard anything on the radio about an airplane crash, and he hadn't. She said as this thing ran, went down the road that there was um, some unusual cloud formation that began to appear in the sky. And anyhow... Um, he saw that when he came out there. It was still there. The object was gone. The next afternoon, several miles away, there were some fellows who were, uh, or they, they had the searchlight, and they were just uh, looking the, through the fields, I guess, looking for deer at the time, and it was dark, and their light beam hit what they thought was a tractor in the field. Suddenly it rose up out of the field and circled the truck, and they described it very similarly, the triangular shape with the big red light at the bottom, and it circled and it went into the sky and disappeared. So there were actually three reports within a 24-hour period in that same area by different people. Yeah, so you don't have many cases where you have a whole group of people that are sitting there watching a particular event. It's mostly singles, doubles, maybe three three people. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. you know, or three, but not large groups. Very And the yeah. cases generally where there is large groups, they turn out to be generally like Chinese lanterns. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of what we're seeing uh, here in Arizona, down in Phoenix, could be chalked up to uh, some yeah. pretty mundane events. Because if they hang around usually more than a minute or two, generally it's the longer the, the case goes on or the longer the sighting event goes on, generally, the more um, apt it is to be something mundane. Yeah, but, you know, we, we talked earlier about some of these classic cases. And, again, they generally only involve a, a small number of people. You know, one great case that I really uh, – like talking about occurred, I believe, June 1st of 2013. This was on a four-lane highway, Route 30, oh, 20-some miles outside of Pittsburgh. And this case involved a woman and a child. And the woman was not a UFO believer until after the experience. And uh, it's about 10 o'clock that evening, and she's uh, coming out of a store and heading down on Route 30 eastbound with her three-year-old child. And as they're riding down the road, she's on the cell phone talking. She has to stop pretty much almost in the middle of the road. She said, I couldn't believe there was, there was no other cars around at that time. And she said, here's this huge object that um, it's hovering uh, right in front of her. And um, her little baby yells, Mommy, flying iPad in the sky. 
And uh, <laughs> she said this thing was completely silent, hovering about 60 feet above that section of the road. And she said it was uh, basically rectangular. She was looking for like a gondola on the blimp, but there wasn't any. She said this thing was about 55 feet long and about 35 to 40 feet high. And uh, the lighting configuration was completely unlike that of conventional aircraft. It was making those sounds. And uh, the woman said she's on the phone talking to somebody, trying to explain to her what she's seeing. Now, she has to pass underneath the object to get home. When she goes underneath it, she said the digital display on her car uh, clock, temperature, and airbag status went off. The Bluetooth sync on it blacked out. The radio went off. The air was on FM. She attempted to take a picture with her iPhone. Let's break it right there, and we'll get the answer on the other side of this discussion from Stan Gordon with Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features and, most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Are you looking to become more self-sufficient? Then you need to have your own energy source. The Solark EMP hardened generator is automatic, maintenance-free, and reduces your monthly electric bill. You can also take it off-grid when you go camping. Contact PortableSolarLLC.com or call for details at 972-575-8875 today. Portable Solar LLC gives you everything you need to start using solar energy in less than one hour. Solark EMP hardened solar generator energy insurance for your family or business. Call Portable Solar LLC today. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. We use cell phones against our heads every day. But now, a landmark U.S. government study confirms increased health risks from exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The time to protect yourself is now. The solution is Defender Shield. Proudly made in the USA, Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation emitted from cell phones, tablets, and laptops. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. Use discount code DEFENDER for 10% off. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in EMF radiation protection. 
Hey, diabetics, yeah, you. Got a spare hour to waste going to the pharmacy to get your insulin or other meds and supplies every month? I didn't think so. Me either. I've got life going on, which is why I use PillPack. PillPack is an amazing online pharmacy. They package up all my diabetic meds and testing supplies into daily doses and send it to me every month automatically. All I do is pay my normal copay. PillPack does the rest. I'm serious. This is a free service. They don't even charge for shipping. PillPack handles all the medical insurance stuff and even get with my doctors for my other prescriptions so I don't have to, which is good because that's the stuff I forget. But Pill Pack remembers everything. They even package up my daily vitamins so I remember to take them too. If you're diabetic, your meds and supplies are life and death, which means you need Pill Pack. Call right now for this free service. You may even qualify for $25 in free vitamins. 800-560-7310. That's 800-560-7310. Again, 800-560-7310. You may own a knife, but if it's not an indie hammered knife, it's not a knife. From the forge to the grinder to the sheath, each indie hammered knife is handcrafted using God-given talent. The result is the sharpest edge a knife can have and a true work of art. See a variety of knives and the complete knife kit at ihknives.com. Indie hammered knives. Custom knives made in America. This is Jerome Clark, author of the UFO Encyclopedia and other books. You're listening to the Paracast. So Stan Gordon's talking about this amazing sighting where the witness tried to take a picture with her iPhone after systems are failing on her car. What happens? Yes. So she aims her iPhone at it, and she told me the iPhone would not go into the camera mode. And she continues down the road, and about a quarter mile or so away, she said, maybe about a half mile, quarter mile away, she said, all the electronics came back on and went back to normal. She became a believer after that. And those are the kind of cases that have been going on, and that's an example of some in recent years that you don't hear about because she didn't want anybody to know about who she was, about what she had seen. This is interesting here. You know, we think that the classic electromagnetic interference cases are from long ago and far away, and obviously they're not. Oh, they're not. And I can tell you, I'm aware of several other cases in the last few years. 2015, we were getting a number of very large triangular UFO sighting reports. I believe it was in October. This is way up in the mountains between uh, Westmore and Fayette County. Uh, went up to this fellow's property. It was a beautiful day, early morning, 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock in the morning. He's sitting there uh, by the window at the table drinking a cup of coffee when all of a sudden it got really dark, like a big storm was coming over. So he hurriedly got up, and he stepped outside. He grabbed his fully charged phone. His dog that normally always goes with him refused to go out. The guy goes, steps outside, walks out a short distance, and looks up, and 500 feet above is this huge, solid, black, silent, triangular object. Well, what's the first thing he does? He tries to take a picture of it, and he said, that phone completely discharged its power, and all the power was gone from it. He did not get a picture, and the thing hovered there, then took off and was gone. But we had been receiving other reports for weeks around the area, people seeing something similar. Yeah, I hate when that happens, boy. I've had that happen a couple of times, and I've had numbers of witnesses that have had electronic failures, including a a UFO hunter's uh, 
History Channel production team that was out over the Bradshaw Ranch in Sedona. Every battery and every camera and all the spare batteries all were drained, uh, and they were unable to film anything. <laughs> and, you know, not as well known, but that has happened with other type of paranormal events. It's happened with some cryptid cases. And yeah, it's that's, with you mentioned cases. that, and I've never heard of, of, of a Bigfoot actually causing electrical systems to fail. I mean, maybe I have, but it, it's so rare it doesn't stick in my mind. I'll give you a brief story of, uh, well, I mentioned one earlier, out by around Lake Trobe, where the thing walked out in front of the car. Guy had a relatively new car, and the engine started, the spider started to slow down. When the creature walked off into the woods, it came back to normal. But there have been other incidents, too, where the same thing has happened when people have been in close proximity to some of these creatures. And as the one case I can think of, there were two people in the car. This creature seemed to just suddenly appear out of nowhere on the side of the road. They had to swerve around to miss hitting it. And at that point, they realized that they were losing power. And the driver is hitting the gas pedal, and the thing is moving very, very slowly. And finally, when they get a short distance down the road away from the creature, it begins to work like normal. That has happened in more than one case and around the country. You just don't hear about it. Let me ask you a question here. Are there cases of close proximity like that where there's no effect whatever? Oh, the majority of cases there's no effect. The other thing is here, which is interesting, has anyone done this kind of survey when this happens, is it everybody who is near the object at the time it happens? Does it involve a specific brand of car? What? And that's a great thing, and I wish we would have studies like that done. But the cases are so rare, if you have more than one motorist, well, you may not who the other motorists are. Yeah, it, it's easy to say, but it's not easy to do. But I would like to see some kind of studies being done on future cases. Yeah. Or at least, at least to find out if, if it's a pre, let's say, uh, early 70s car with a pre-electronic ignition. I, I would be very interested to see uh, cases like this of, of older cars that have uh, more analog, you know, electronic, uh, electrical components as opposed to everything that's digitized and computerized in today's world. You would think that we'd have more cases of stalled stalled electrical systems now in the modern age with such a reliance on these types of systems as opposed to back in the maybe early 70s, the 60s, and the 50s where, where these cars did not have these, uh, you know, such a reliance on, on uh, digital uh, technology, which didn't really even exist then. Oh, and I agree, but yet a lot of the cases like this we hear about happen more commonly, especially with UFOs in the 50s and 60s and 70s. yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, you would think that you would hear more uh, more of, of these types of cases now in the modern era where we have such a reliance on, on electronics. Uh, yeah, you would. But again, is this is something that is happening and people just aren't reporting it because they're reluctant to talk about certain details? We don't know. You know, it's funny when you talk to different researchers. Um, several years ago, I spoke out of McMinnville, Oregon. On, on the topic of UFOs and Bigfoot and a lot of the strange aspects of it, and that's really right in prime Bigfoot areas. And I was kind of expecting that it would probably be some negative response to what I was saying, but instead it was extremely positive. And witnesses and researchers later contacted me, some were there that day, and they said they were so glad that I brought this up because the same thing was happening out there with the disappearing creatures, with the shootings, with the disappearing tracks. And it was going on out there, but everybody was reluctant to talk about it. 
And it's been going on for years and years. I mean, we heard a lot about this in the 70s from around the country, and we've heard about it since then. But again, it's a topic that a lot of people don't want to discuss. No. Well, what do you think is behind uh, Bigfoot? You, you mentioned that when you started out, you you were like most people who have an interest in the subject. You you figured we were dealing with some sort of as yet defined physical creature. But in light of all these strange uh, <laughs> cases that you've investigated that would indicate we're dealing with something far, far more complex, where do you come down on what we're dealing with? Are you like Nick Redfern and think we're dealing with a Fortean creature that that's paranormal, that isn't uh, really, can't be described as fully flesh and blood? That maybe it's it's paraphysical. Uh, where where is your thinking uh, progressed uh, through the years in that in that regard? So what I found years ago, and it's going on more and more in recent years, not just with Bigfoot but other cryptids, low level, close range UFO sightings. What I realized was that many of these encounters take place in the vicinity of high energy sources. So they commonly occur around those high tension power lines and power plants and. Uh, radio communication towers and reservoirs and railroad tracks and gas wells and gas lines. It goes on and on. That's something that I've, I've thought for a long time, that there's a direct energy connection to a lot of the phenomena. To me, it appears as though we're dealing with a phenomenon that has both a physical and a non-physical component to it, that these things at times can look completely physically solid. Sometimes they don't. They can leave physical evidence behind, and then they're gone. They come and they go. People hit them with cars, and they disappear. You don't hear about that very often. It's very rare. People shoot at them, they disappear in a flash of light. It's very, very strange things we're dealing with. Once again, I do not have the answers. I'm not sure if anybody does, but there's a lot more to this than any of us understand. But speaking of hitting one uh, creature and it disappearing, uh, one of my, uh, I had a flurry of Bigfoot sightings, which we've talked about um, over the years, uh, back in December, uh, late December, early January of 94 and 5. And um, one of these seven uh, reports within that eight or nine day period, I think, was a uh, snowplow operator on the highway that, that connects uh, um, Santa Fe with, uh, with Colorado, basically 285 State Highway. It goes up into the San Luis Valley, and he was plowing the road. They'd gotten a pretty good uh, pasting of snow. It was about six inches of snow. And so he was um, plowing 285, and all of a sudden in his headlights, he sees a, a, a big, hairy hominid. And he was going too fast to really you know, risk <laughs> slamming on his brakes. So he, he hit it full speed, boom. And, uh, and then, then he, he, he slowly came to a stop. And uh, the thing got up. It kind of seemed a little bit, you know, discombobulated a bit, but then it ran off. And the driver told me, he said, there's no way that that thing could have survived being hit by a snowplow doing at least 40 miles an hour, 40, 45 miles an hour. And he said he was just absolutely amazed that the thing got up and ran away as if nothing had happened. And when he got back to the shop, he noticed that his plow was out of alignment. The thing had actually dented his plow and, and, and screwed up the... Uh, uh, the angle of the of the blade on it, and, and he he claimed there was a dent there. I went and looked. I didn't see a dent uh, on it, but there definitely was. It had pushed in that side of the the bracket on the uh, on the on the truck. You know, that had been pushed in where he claimed he had hit this thing. Now, <laughs> what are you supposed to tell somebody like that? You know, you hit something doing forty five miles an hour. You knock it down. It gets up, kind of staggers around a little bit, and then runs off. You're going to tell him that the guy didn't have that experience, uh, 
uh, absolutely amazing that he even reported it, number one. But number two, the description, like you said, is extremely rare. Let's do our break. And we'll have more of this with Gene, Chris, and Stan. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast Jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com. Stop by and take a shopping tour. The answer to being in control of your own health care is freedom from insurance. Become part of a group of self-pay patients that come together to share in each other's medical expenses. Individual share amounts begin at $107 a month and $347 for families. Choose from three health sharing programs. Holistic treatments may be eligible for sharing. See guidelines. Discount programs available for dental, vision, and pharmacy. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Be prepared for the next disaster with the Shelter Pod. The Shelter Pod is a large, all-season, heavy-duty, quick-deploy shelter. The Shelter Pod system can be set up in 30 seconds and includes an emergency medical kit, water filter, survival tools, and more. Are you prepared to take care of your family? Do you have everything in one place ready to go? Get it now or enter to win a complete Shelter Pod system at shelterpod.com. The Shelter Pod at shelterpod.com. Shelter when you need it most. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Just as I was thinking of that, maybe this is a real superhero he hit. But if you are hitting a living being, Chris, at 40 miles an hour, that's going to cause quite a bit of damage to the truck, not just a dent. Well, he he hit it with a snowplow, Gene. Okay. And he was in a big dump truck. I mean, you know how these guys they haul haul ass along the highway and and uh, you know have the blade at an angle and they're pushing the snow off. Well, he hit this thing and it, it pushed the, the blade all the way back in towards the truck and it, it, it at a more of an angle than it was supposed to be. Let's put it that way. Well, okay. okay. He, he said it dented the blade. I, I again, maybe it did, but I didn't really. I wasn't able to really determine that. But you'd think it'd be blood and hair and physical evidence and all sorts of stuff. And he said it was as if the thing was was impervious uh, to any sort of real catastrophic uh, damage from from a strike like that. Very strange. There's so many aspects to Bigfoot that people don't think about that just doesn't make any sense. 
Yeah. And as I said, I'm working on a new program now just dealing with this type of thing. One thing that's kind of interesting, a lot of people think about this. With so many of the Bigfoot encounters, where these creatures are walking out in front of people's vehicles, and they're walking across the road, and they do not seem concerned at all what they're walking into. Are they going to fall over a cliff? Are they going to roll down a hill? They're going to go into a stream? They seem to be completely uncaring and just continue on and on without looking or having any care whatsoever. Chris, any questions from our listeners? Okay, uh, Stan, as you know, um, we have a forum where folks are able to post questions for our guests at our question bank at forum.theparacast.com. And we do have some questions here for you, and I'd like to pull one out for you. Sure. Um, now, I don't know why they're asking you about the <laughs> the Dover Demon Mothman or the Jersey Devil. I, you're kind of near there, but <laughs> more, more peripheral. Those seem to be more... Um, I don't know, just kind of localized um, para-creatures, if you will. But um, have you seen any reports? This is a question from Visby High Folk. Have you seen any reports lately that would show a reappearance of the Dover Demon, Mothman, or the Jersey Devil, all which, as I mentioned, are kind of surrounding you there Um, outside of Pennsylvania? Actually, in my newest book, Astonishing Encounters, I've got some extremely strange cryptid cases, things people never heard of before. But there's a very, very weird story in there. It goes back to 1985. It's, it'd be a little difficult to try to explain <laughs> over the radio. But anyhow, um, this family riding down the road, as they're riding down the road, um, there's some strange phenomena going on uh, on the side of the road up in a tree, as I recall. And this creature that they perceive up there, when you look at the head of this thing, it has some similarity to the Dover Demon. It, it, it's a very, very strange account. And um, so you hear these things once in a while. The Mothman type thing, I, I get a lot of reports that I kind of put under the title of Thunderbird sightings. Because for years and years, and we're seeing more and more reports in more recent years, people reporting these huge, generally dark brown or black birds with these massive wingspans like that of a small aircraft. In some cases, they're very close, so you can determine the wingspan, where actually they're on the ground and blocking vehicles from passing. And so under those reports, you've got giant bird sightings. You've also got these other huge flying cryptids that people describe more like giant bats with more leathery skin and no feathers. Some are reporting what appear to be prehistoric uh, type of creatures like pterodactyls or pteratorns. And some are even talking about something that looks uh, more like gargoyles. And uh, yeah. these reports continue to be coming in from Pennsylvania and many other parts of the country. And some of these cases are very, very fascinating. And these reports, they go on and on. And some of these cases, again, suggest or we're dealing with something that may not be a normal flesh and blood animal, just like the Black Panther reports. Right. And I assume you've had some out your way, Chris. Have you had some of those? You know, we haven't. The closest that we've gotten have been Jaguar reports in southern Arizona. <laughs> and I've never heard of any uh, Black Panther reports from the southwest. Okay, well, we have had a history of them here along the east in Pennsylvania, going back many, many years. Of course, yeah. when you think of panthers, you think about what people see in the zoo, black jaguars, black leopards, something that's not supposed to be an animal, not supposed to exist as part of the country, but people see them almost yearly. And I have had hunters in the last 
probably three years I've seen them at close range. I mean, within 30-some feet in daylight in fields. And they got very good looks at them. And, uh, I mean, there have been even cases where there was a search for one back in 1983 in a suburb of Pittsburgh and Bloomfield where there was a massive search after people saw a big one and a small one and at close range. And they had a search by uh, the area police and animal protectors with uh, tranquilizer guns and whatever the thing was. They never found it, which is what happens in, in all the cases I'm aware of. But I have a, a very weird case in my Astonishing Encounters book. And it's one of those cases that, again, suggests that these things, some of these are something other than a flesh and blood animal. And, and this goes back to 1983. No, I'm sorry, this actually goes back to about 19, I think it was about 1983. About 1983 also, yeah. And um, anyhow, this occurred up in the mountains of Fayette County again, which we talked about. There's a lot of weird stuff up there. And this guy was coming home late one night, his car was overheating when he pulled into the driveway, and he went into the garage to grab a can of antifreeze. And uh, as he's putting the antifreeze in the car, he hears this growl and didn't pay a lot of attention to it. He turns around, here's this pretty good-sized black cat, a house cat, about 20 feet away. And he went back to work and didn't think much about it. And a few seconds later, he hears a, a second growl, which seems to be a lot louder and deeper. And he turns around to look. Now, to his amazement, that big cat has physically grown about another foot in size. And oh, the, the fella, the fella <laughs> throws the empty antifreeze jug at the animal. And the cat growls at him fiercely, like it was going to attack him. And he said it took two or three steps backwards and growled again as it moved up illuminated road. So the guy runs up to his um, garage and grabs his pistol and takes a shot at this thing. He said, next thing he knows, as this thing is going up the road, it now has physically changed to the size of what he would call a black panther, like you'd see in the zoo. He could see the solid, black, shiny color of the body. He said you could see the glowing yellow eyes on this thing. He said the body's about two to three feet long. The tail, which was swishing around, is about as long as the body. And he said as he's watching this thing, it suddenly vanishes into thin air and disappears. Gone. Wow. I have never heard of a black cat sighting that ended like that. Interesting. They well, just vanished and blinked out. Well, so here's another part of the Bigfoot equation. Again, you don't hear about this very often, but there have been incidents around the country and in Pennsylvania where Bigfoot has been seen accompanying another cryptid. I, I've heard reports around the country where Bigfoot has been seen with a Black Panther, and then some of the older books of the 70s talked about it. Um, I remember a guy telling me about seeing a Bigfoot on the side of a road with a, a strange looking creature with glowing eyes next to it, something he could hardly even explain to me what it was. But something I found years ago is, again, sometimes with these cases where phenomena seems to center on certain locations, certain families, where you've got the paranormal, you've got strange footprints, you've got screams and cries and strange lights and objects and strange animals. Sometimes they'll report both Bigfoot and Black Panther sightings. And sometimes, and I remember one back in the 80s in Westmoreland County where there was a, a very long outbreak of UFOs and Bigfoot sightings. Uh, many people were seen around the area, a lot of strange things. At the same time, there was an outbreak of Black, Black Panther sightings in the area by other people. So once again, this is a lot more complex than any of us know about. We're going to want to get more answers to listener questions. 
and lots of other fascinating material coming up. We're talking to Stan Gordon, and he recently released this report entitled 2016 was very busy with UFO sightings, Bigfoot, and cryptid encounters across Pennsylvania. What a fascinating little document. The few pages he provides here, and he's been talking about this type of cases where he lists case histories, so you get a sense of what's going on. More to come with Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Neighbors, I want to tell you about my favorite graphics app. It's the award-winning Graphic Converter. You know, Graphic Converter is the universal genius for photo editing on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for this Swiss Army Knife photo editing app. It gives you all you expect from a top-flight image editing app with tons of features. And most important, it's easy to use. It's also far less expensive than that other app that you can only get by subscription. You know, the one I'm talking about. What's more, you can get 20% off with your order right now. So write this down to learn about Graphic Converter. Go to www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Let me spell that. www.lemkesoft.de slash gene. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. You may own a knife, but if it's not an indie hammered knife... It's not a knife. From the forge to the grinder to the sheath, each indie hammered knife is handcrafted using God-given talent. The result is the sharpest edge a knife can have and a true work of art. See a variety of knives and the complete knife kit at ihknives.com. Indie hammered knives. Custom knives made in America. What would your life be like if you woke up each morning with new vitality, feeling better than you have in years, and you noticed a difference in your sleeping patterns, blood sugar levels, and had a sense of well-being overall? There's something that is changing thousands of people's lives, and you could be one of them. It's called Heart and Body Extract. Sharon Harris, co-creator of Heart and Body Extract, talks about the positive effects of Heart and Body Extract. What happens with the formula Heart and Body Extract is it's giving the body the necessary vitamins, minerals, amino acids, enzymes, and phytonutrients so so the body will heal itself. And yes, the body does have the ability to balance blood pressure, balance cholesterol, clean and unclog the arteries. It can also work on uh, balancing the circulation for diabetics. So the body is an amazing thing. It simply needs some help so it has the tools to heal itself. Heart and body extract gets results. 
to order your two-month supply, call now, toll-free at 866-295-5305. Order online at hbextract.com. Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest price filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Now, I'm going to throw an oddball question out there, not so oddball, which is Stan Gordon. Knowing all these various expanded conditions of UFO and other paranormal cases. How the heck do we persuade mainstream science to look at it? Well, it's a very difficult thing because, you know, a lot of the scientific people are are very skeptical. I can tell you just from experience, though, how I dealt with it. Because, you know, when I started this back in 65, started going out in the field, and then in 69, I decided to set up my own hotline for the public to report sightings. Well, what happened at that point was... As people began to hear about my hotline, I was getting calls day and night, not just on UFOs, but anything unusual. Haunted houses, flying saucers, strange creatures, the phone's ringing off the hook. It became apparent that I couldn't handle this on my own. So it was my goal to set up a group of volunteer research people who would go out and respond to these cases, hopefully very quickly. So that's what I did. Uh, We did this around our regular full-time jobs. And in 1970, I founded the first of three groups. That was the Westmoreland County UFO Study Group. And it was mainly scientists, engineers, technicians, all kind of specialists were mainly involved. I had uh, police officers. I had former military intelligence people. I had all kind of people out there who uh, were getting involved in this. And it was amazing because there were scientists from the Pittsburgh area from uh, Westinghouse from Gulf Research from Alcoa, from the colleges and universities. And Dr. Hynek would have called it the Invisible College because a high percentage of people working with me did it anonymously because of their positions. And I can tell you, a lot of these folks got involved, went out in the field with me. Some spent years out there, and some I'm still in touch with today, who came in very skeptically. But over a period of time, as they began to do their firsthand investigation, they saw the evidence. They saw the patterns, they interviewed the witnesses, they began to see over a long period of time from widespread areas that something was taking place, something was happening, and they began to realize that, you know what, there's something going on here we don't have an explanation for. And uh, I think the only way you can get these people involved is for them to get directly involved themselves in the research investigation, because just reading books, reading what's on the internet, it's not going to convince any of these people, because... You can't always go by what you read. They really need firsthand experience out in the field to realize that there's something out there. And uh, that's the kind of research that needs to be done. Yeah, which kind of leads me to a question about being somebody with such a, um, I'd say, a distinguished history and background and, and many, many decades of background in investigating and researching these subjects. 
what do we need to do to take this thing forward? And you know, I I always get the feeling that we're we're making strides forward, but they're like just minuscule little millimeters at a time instead of actually making real strides forward. What do you think needs to be done in order for us to uh, to get to that next level of understanding here? Well, you know, it's unfortunate that there's there's a lot more people involved today, but you know, from what I've seen and I've talked to other researchers about this. It seems like there was a lot more serious scientific research and investigation being done years ago, back in the maybe late 50s, 70s, and 80s than there is today. Yeah. You know, that's just very unfortunate. The problem is everybody, you know, has their own family. They have their own jobs. There's basically no funding. It's a very big dilemma to get people involved in this. And I know people start in it for a short time, and then they're done. There's so many things turn up, and it, it's a very hard thing to deal with this Basically full time. I mean, I worked a full time job and did this full time. It, it's something that's not easy to do for most people, which is one reason why it's very hard to get people out in the field to do really good detailed investigation. Yeah, practically impossible. It's now the weekend warrior uh, syndrome, especially in the haunted side investigations. Um, you're, you're seeing a lot of part time aspiring amateurs who are going off, sort of basing their level of education and and potential experience on TV shows that don't accurately reflect the real paradigm as it exists in the field. I think people are getting the wrong ideas, and and they're becoming actually, I think, more of a hindrance to proper investigation, because how many really good, solid cases are we losing because they're being uh, mismanaged by uh, amateur investigators? I think it's going to become more and more of a problem. Well, all we can do is, is hope that, you know, we get some significant cases down the road that some very good researchers will get to, where we can document some good physical evidence they have analyzed and go from there. And, yeah, I wanted to bring something up, too. Earlier, I believe one of your callers had a question about the Mothman-type thing, and I kind of got off to the side about yeah, the yeah. variations of the, the Thunderbird reports. But another thing that we're hearing about on occasion are these winged humanoid sightings. Yeah. Uh, have you had any of those, Chris, down your area? I have. Uh, we had a whole flurry of them over a three-year period, 19 at last count, all very similar, which yeah, I've described a, a number of times here on the show. Chase huggers early in the morning at sunrise, sighted by the uh, the local garbage man, uh, a small town on the uh, the west side of the valley, Del Norte, right on the Rio Grande. Yeah, the, the local postman um, had a sighting. Uh, a couple of police officers had sightings. One... Uh, allegedly, now I haven't really gotten the total uh, story on this, but one of them actually ended up committing suicide. Um, I'm not sure if it was <laughs> as a result of his sighting, which I, I doubt it was sometime later. But but there was a whole flurry of these sightings, including uh, the first one was seen uh, at the Great Sand Dunes on our San Luis Valley uh, camera project uh, camera image. Uh, our chief engineer had just fired up the camera for the first time and was uh, trying to zoom in on the great sand dunes to see how good the resolution was on the camera at 38 times optical zoom. And he saw two flying humanoids going one after another right across the dune field. He was about ready to bail from the project uh, prior to this. He was going to get the, the camera set up and get it all uh, functioning and, and, uh, and everything. And then he was going to kind of take a hiatus. But boy, he, he became reinvigorated and uh, has been a, you know, a, a steadfast uh, a supporter and, and worker in the program ever since, which is about five years ago now. Did you have any of the cases where they were not in the air but on the ground? Yes, 
Yes, uh, the the uh, case of the uh, uh, sheriff's deputy, the Rio Grande sheriff's deputy, was headed up a, a, a dirt road uh, above town, and uh, he came around the corner, and of course it was right after he had passed the <laughs> the cemetery, of course. Uh, just funny how these things work sometimes. And he came around the corner, and his his headlights uh, showed what appeared to be a hooded, cloaked figure on the ground, kind of huddled over a roadkill. Somebody had hit a deer, and it had gone to the side of the road. And when his lights hit it, it turned around, and <laughs> it was like something out of a, a vampire movie. It had blood going down its face, and it was there, and it, it took off. And he was so freaked out, he immediately did a, a U-turn and started heading, you know, hauling, hauling ass back down the hill. And he looked in his rearview mirror, and he could see the thing trying to land on his car in his rearview mirror. And it totally freaked him out. And I think this was the officer that ended up uh, – uh, I'd have to check my notes, so don't quote me on this. But this may have been the officer that ended up uh, at the end of a rope uh, some months later. Oh, my. Well – we have what we call the Butler Gargoyle up here, which has been very interesting the last few years. Let's and, save um, that for our next segment, okay? Let's yeah. hear about that Gargoyle in our next segment. We have Stan Gordon and Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. Do you know what's lurking in your water? More than 200 contaminants could be sitting there just waiting for your glass. With a ProPure water filter, start enjoying clean and great-tasting water today. ProPure filters, independently tested, latest water filter technology. ProPure systems do not require electricity and are easy to set up and easy to use. To find out more, visit your authorized ProPure dealer or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Hey, diabetics. Yeah, you. Got a spare hour to waste going to the pharmacy to get your insulin or other meds and supplies every month? I didn't think so. Me either. I've got life going on, which is why I use PillPack. PillPack is an amazing online pharmacy. They package up all my diabetic meds and testing supplies into daily doses and send it to me every month automatically. All I do is pay my normal copay. PillPack does the rest. I'm serious. This is a free service. They don't even charge for shipping. PillPack handles all the medical insurance stuff and even get what my doctors for my other prescriptions so I don't have to, which is good because that's the stuff I forget. But Pill Pack remembers everything. They even package up my daily vitamins so I remember to take them too. If you're diabetic, your meds and supplies are life and death, which means you need Pill Pack. Call right now for this free service. You may even qualify for $25 in free vitamins. 800-560-7310. That's 800-560-7310. Again, 800-560-7310. Warning, if you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back, because you don't. 
What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-958-9659. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee, so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-958-9659. That's 1-800-958-9659. 1-800-958-9659. It's been said, any society is only three missed meals away from chaos. Those times may be near. Think about it. Our country faces multiple terrorist threats and aggressions from Russia and North Korea. Social unrest and violent marches yet again may lead to looting of stores and city shutdowns. And our crumbling infrastructure leaves our power grid vulnerable to long-term outages from a single cyber attack. When the chaos from any one of these threats arises, the government knows it can't provide during a widespread national emergency. That's why you need your own plan for self-reliance. That's where My Patriot Supply comes in. Get a four-week survival food supply for only $99. That includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners. Order online at preparewithgcn.com. $99 for four weeks of survival food that tastes like homemade cooking and lasts up to 25 years from My Patriot Supply. Get your kits today at preparewithgcn.com. Free shipping is included. Preparewithgcn.com. Hi, this is James Fox from Chasing UFOs. You're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. It's such an easy show for me to do this week because all I have to do is let Stan Gordon tell his stories of all these amazing reports of anomalous encounters, and Chris has a few. I sit back and enjoy it. The gargoyle you mentioned at the end of our previous segment, Stan Gordon. Can you tell me more? Yeah, this occurred um, north of Pittsburgh, up in Butler County. A lot of history. I've been up there since the 60s investigating phenomena in Butler County. A lot of UFOs, cryptids, all kind of weird stuff up in that area. It seems to never end in Pennsylvania. But this occurred March 18th during the early morning hours. This fellow, who I've got to know quite well, I've interviewed him in person numerous times, very credible businessman. So what has become known as the Butler Gargoyle occurred uh, March 18th of 2011. And the witness, uh, I've had a chance to interview him numerous times, meet him in person, meet his family, consider him a very, very credible witness. This was during the early morning hours, and this took place north of Pittsburgh and Butler County between um, the towns of Chicora and East Brady. And this fella, uh, he's going down the road, it's late at night, and his headlights hit something on the right side of the road in the grass area. And his first thought was it's probably a deer, and he, he's about uh, 50 yards away at that point, I believe. And he steps on the gas to move a little closer, and as he does, he sees this very tall, muscular creature rise from the ground in front of him. It takes three big steps across the road, three big long steps, and continues off into the woods. It had run right in front of a great big yellow construction sign. And he said what he saw in the headlights was that this thing was about at least eight feet tall, 
And he said to me, he said, look, I hear stories about Bigfoot. He said, this thing was not a Bigfoot. He said, this thing had smooth, leather-like skin that was either dark tan or light brown in color. And uh, he went on to describe that the head was more like an aerodynamic helmet. The eyes appeared to uh, come back, not clearly defined, but thought that they may be like pointed in the corner. And the ears uh, on the left side, he could see it was long and flat, and came up and back and pointed backwards like a flap. He said the arms of the creature were very muscular and a little longer than that of a human. The hands had claws on them. And he said there was one physical trait that really stood out, and that was the legs. He said the legs were extremely muscular, but they did not move like human-like legs, but they looked like they bent backwards. And he said what really surprised him was that he saw what appeared to be wings on its back that were tucked into its body, and the wingtips extended towards the side of the head. He noticed no sound or smell at the time. Now, he went back the next day to look over the area, and he measured that yellow construction sign, and it was just a little over um, eight feet, uh, and I think it was around eight feet tall, so the thing was just a little bit taller than that sign. Now, in the days to follow, up in that same area, you have a local group called BORU. It's the Butler Organization for Research the Unexplained. They received several different reports from different people seeing the same thing. And I've, I've heard unconfirmed reports that supposedly something similar has been seen up in that area even more recently. But I can't confirm that. Well, it reminds me of what's that creature. Uh, I'm trying to remember the movie that it, it, it walks around, but it's, its knees bend backwards. Yeah, it's like yeah, on the tip a, of my tongue. Movie. I'm trying to remember what it was called from years ago. Yeah, yeah, that's that's that, that would be disconcerting to see something like that, I think. Yeah, I, I've heard that mentioned very rarely, but um, it's something that that witness was very, very much uh, wanted to make sure we knew about that. Uh, it would sure be neat to get uh, uh, Mark D'Antonio and Douglas Trumbull to set up their, uh, their uh, UFOTOG uh, program down there uh, by you, at least get something set up uh, in your area there, because it seems like your your activity just has been burbling along pretty nonstop now, uh, continuously for for quite some time. I think uh, something, a, a couple of those systems there in your area, three maybe, triangulated up on the uh, on that ridge, um, and then of course uh, putting some down by White Sands, putting some uh, in the San Luis Valley, some out in uh, possibly out in the desert around Joshua Tree. There's other places. Um, and we got to we got to start really getting proactive on this stuff and start start really thinking about ways to to gather good quality physical uh, data that we can uh, then um, you know try to pull this whole thing forward. Well, you know, over the years I've heard of some similar projects where I know technicians, the people were building various type of really good detection equipment. And I know, and I just talked to a researcher today who, who's been involved in this for years and very serious study, and I remember him telling me earlier today how you know, they've been doing this project for years and years, but how it had slowed down because so few people wanted to stay involved. There's, you know, there's very little funding for it, and it's just a problem you keep constantly running into. Yeah, well, you know, years ago, funding obviously was a real issue because the level of technology had not gotten to a point where the cost points, uh, you know, were made it feasible to actually be able to afford this equipment. But now, 
I mean, geez, with GoPros and other, um, you know, smaller cameras uh, and the optics are now getting up there in the, the 4,000 lines of resolution and even more, 16,000 lines of resolution. We're getting really good quality gear at really affordable prices. So I think at some point uh, we're going to get to a, a critical mass where I think the impetus is going to be <laughs> be able to be uh, utilized. Uh, you know, the, all this equipment will be able to be utilized if the will is there to do it. You got to be dedicated. You got to be able to put the time in. You have to want to, you know, do the work. It's one thing to get all this stuff lined up and set up. It's another thing to, you know, to to actually manage the gear and manage the the results and and analyze the the evidence and maintain the uh, the the actual systems, uh, you know, in terms of uh, maintenance and, and and keeping them up and running, which is often a problem. The main problem yeah. that we found with our cameras in the San Luis Valley is is birds <laughs> sitting on them. <laughs> so yeah. we, we had to come up with a because I'll tell you that bird that bird do it it it, it eats into plastic. Um, you got to get get that stuff off there real quick, or you ruin your uh, environmental enclosure, which protects you know the camera equipment. But uh, one thing we did find that works is putting up a, uh, a fake owl that has a motion detector. And whenever a bird would come near it, it would, it would kind of twist its head and then and give out a hoot. <laughs> and, that, and that, it works. It scares yeah, the, bird, the other birds away. So there's workarounds for all that kind of thing. But I'll tell you, once you get involved in a project like that, you start realizing how many hurdles and, and just problems and, and difficulties there are in getting a viable system together. That isn't being funded by uh, by the U.S. military. <laughs> exactly, and that's the truth. And I mean, we've tried small projects over the years like that, but it, it's very limited. And then some of the areas we're talking about—you're talking very secluded, hard to gain entrance into some of these areas, especially in the winter time. So, I mean, that's another part of the problem—just getting there to maintain the equipment. Yeah, yeah, and, and that is a real problem, uh, especially if you're. Like we are, we're going to be going up on cell towers and stuff. And so we're going to be, you know, between 60 and 100 feet off the ground. And, you know, to get somebody to climb up there just to clean the, uh, <laughs> to clean the, the environmental enclosure, um, you know, dust it off or clean it off. I mean, that's a big deal. Climb up there and do that, especially, you know, this time of year with snow and icy and stuff. And, and so we're, uh, we're attempting to, you know, to, to just slog along, and you know, we, we're going to get it done. It's just a matter of three steps forward, four steps back sometimes. Also, you wonder how many organizations care about it. Wasn't it Peter Davenport who once gave a presentation about a UFO detection system in the early 2000s, early 2000s before MUFON, and the response was crickets? So, you know, anyone that's trying to do this if they keep doing it, we hope it's going to get finished, just like your project. And this year, we're supposed to see the CubeSat go up. Not sure if it's gone up already. Have to talk to the guy about the CubeSat. So I have to get in touch with the people who did the CubeSat project to see if that satellite's been launched yet. I kind of think one lone satellite in low Earth orbit's not going to accomplish much. But if they get the thing aloft, at least it's a start. One more segment with Stan Gordon and Gene and Chris. You're in The Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today.
We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. Lifetime Gray's 100% grass-fed beef has the health benefits you seek. When compared to conventional beef, it offers good fats while virtually eliminating the bad. That's the result of cattle who never eat grain, ever. Rich in antioxidants, including vitamin E, C, beta-carotene, and CLA. No artificial hormones, antibiotics, or other drugs. For all our fresh, non-cooked products with only 100% grass-fed beef, go to MidasResources.com. Use voucher code GCN to get 30% off your order. MidasResources.com or find us on Facebook. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. Attention. If you or a loved one had a total or reverse shoulder replacement between 2011 and 2016 and suffered serious complications, including dislocation and loosening, you may be entitled to substantial compensation. Evidence indicates that these devices can dislocate and loosen, causing severe pain and may require additional revision surgery. If you or a loved one had a total or reverse shoulder replacement and suffered a dislocation and loosening requirement, Requiring a revision, call 800-598-0696. If you or a loved one had a total or reverse shoulder replacement between 2011 and 2016 and suffered serious complications, including dislocation and loosening, you may be entitled to substantial compensation. Time is limited to file a claim. Act now. For more information and a free consultation, call 800-598-0696. That's 800-598-0696. Again, that's 800-598-0696. Call now. Deep prepared for the next disaster with the shelter pod the shelter pod is a large all-season heavy-duty quick deploy shelter the shelter pod system can be set up in 30 seconds and includes an emergency medical kit water filter survival tools and more are you prepared to take care of your family do you have everything in one place ready to go get it now or enter to win a complete shelter pod system at shelterpod.com the shelter pod at shelterpod.com shelter when you need it most
Hello, this is Rosemary Ellen Guiley, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Now, we do get criticisms for the Paracast, and somebody sent me an email the other day, Chris probably saw it, where they didn't like our show because we didn't get to the point fast enough, duh, and mention some other show that we should emulate. Oh, well. Chris, any more questions in our final segment? Well, you know, we've kind of answered, I think, most of them, but Technomage has a kind of a general question for Stan, and he's wondering... If you've investigated any cases recently, Stan, that have caused you to change your fundamental outlook on the nature of the phenomena, any cases that have been totally <laughs> paradigm shifting in your neck of the woods there recently? Well, I can't say. It depends on what you say. In the last few years, I continue to have some extremely strange reports come in that continue, actually, to convince me that some of these things, for a lack of a better term, are interdimensional, that there's a physical and non-physical component to these things. And there's things we haven't even gotten into today. There's all kind of weird creature reports. And here's one that kind of stuck out. This was not too long ago. This was late August, I think, early September of 2015. This is back up in Butler County, PA. We talked about Butler County earlier with a gargoyle. This is a different witness, different area. This is a beautiful afternoon. I've interviewed this person a number of times in person as well. And again, an incredible person who has no idea what it was that this person saw. And that's so strange because, well, here's what they describe. So she's riding down the road this beautiful afternoon to sightseeing in the scenic area. And about 15 to 20 feet away from her in front of her vehicle, here's this thing that suddenly appears about a quarter of the way across the road. And the witness had a heck of a time trying to describe what she saw to me. She said her first impression may have been a deer because what she first saw looked like maybe like the head of a deer angled up, but the head was not real pointy and it narrowed to the top and then rounded off. But she said this thing was the color of a deer and was very thin. The body was thin. We stood about four, four and a half feet tall. The body appeared smooth, and there was no hair on the body that she could see. She said, whatever this thing was, she only saw it from the side. It kept moving straight along and never looked in her direction. And she said the arms looked to be very short and out of proportion to the rest of the body. The arms were held close to that chest area. The hands were very small. And she couldn't tell, but she thought they were either there was something being held in the hand or possibly they were just being held together. But the witness said there appeared to be something underneath it, down the lower extremity, maybe like a fabric around the legs, but she could see no legs or feet. And the witness stated that this thing was gliding above the roadway. And I've had other reports over the years of various entities that were floating across the roadway, even case where these entities appeared in people's homes and they were floating in the bedroom. You probably heard about some of those stories. But anyhow, this thing, she said she noticed that there was an odd effect that was actually behind the head of the creature, whatever it was. She said it looked like it was kind of like in a time-lapse picture, 
like a cartoon when the character was moving so fast the body couldn't keep up with it. She said that it looked like the head portion was losing streaks of matter as it glided across the road. So she drives up to the area. Within seconds, she's there where the thing was crossing the road. She stops and looks all around. It's nowhere to be seen. She watched the thing for around seven to eight seconds. She said she couldn't understand how this thing just suddenly came out of nowhere in the middle of the road and just appeared because she should have seen it if it already had been there going across the road. And she still has no idea what this thing was. That's bizarre. <laughs> what is it about Pennsylvania, man? You get the quality of your, your reports there, the weirdness of some of the descriptions. Uh, I, I can't think of any other place that can match it. Yeah, I mean, the last several years, some of the reports we haven't even got into, there are things nobody's even heard about before. I mean, there's so many weird things going on from the, so many different people from widespread areas. And again, most of these people have no interest in anybody knowing who they are. Right. Now, I yeah, remember well, living in southeast Pennsylvania for several years some of the happiest years of my life. And there were a lot of strange things there, but I hesitate to say that I was a strange thing that left Pennsylvania. Oh, by the way, the movie with the creature with the slight backwards problem with their physiology? Yeah. It's not Arrival, but The Arrival, a 1996 sci-fi film with Charlie Sheen as a star. Oh, that's right. I remember that, yeah. That's it. You got it. Good, Good memory. Well, I had a little help. Okay. What were your search terms? Backward bending knees? <laughs> you got it. That was it. That was it. That's what I used. And it was the first item that came up, believe it okay. or not. Where do you go from here, Stan Gordon? Well, I guess I'll wait for the next phone call, which probably could come at any time. And yeah, really? <laughs> uh, let's pursue those reports and say, maybe that next phone call will give us that case. It gives us that evidence we're looking for. You just never know. Yeah. Well, we're not getting any younger, my friend. I know that the way things are, you know, we can probably hang out for another 10, 20, 30 years. Let's hope we do. And in 20, 30 years, our science may have advanced dramatically and our instrumentation may have advanced dramatically that we're able to come up with some of the secrets of some of the phenomena we're dealing with. Well, I'm not going to hold my breath in my lifetime, that's for sure. Well, I understand (laughs) that's gotten more and more difficult for you, Chris, holding your breath, so I don't even want to get into that. (laughs) But yeah, I don't expect any answers. I think when I was very young, I thought, ah, well, we'll get this all figured out, because that was what was conveyed in the UFO books at the time. We just need a little bit more, and we'll have it all solved for us. And then in year after year passes... And some say, well, it's all gone. The UFOs have left us. And then there are more and more cases. Just looking at your news release here with loads of sightings in Pennsylvania. It just never well, stops. It, it never ends. And, you know, they, people go to my website at stangordon.info. They can review that report and a lot of other cases that are on there. It's just a year-round phenomenon. It occurs all year round in all type of weather conditions during the afternoon, during snowstorms, all kind of reports all year round. If listeners want to know more about the work that you're doing, and if they're in Pennsylvania, they need to get in touch with you because they saw something. Where do they go? Well, go to my website, which would be www.stangordon.info, I-N-F-O. Email. The best one to reach me is at, like Pennsylvania, P-A, 
UFO at Comcast.net. They want to pick up copy one of my books. The book is very popular, Silent Invasion, the Pennsylvania UFO Bigfoot Casebook, which gets into all the weird stuff of the 73-74 outbreak with Bigfoot UFOs. And then the newest book is Astonishing Encounters, Pennsylvania's Unknown Creatures. And then the first book was Really Mysterious Pennsylvania. So they can get those at Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com, or they can get the autographed copies on my website. Again, at StanGordon.info. We'll check it out. We'll have the link on theparacast.com. Chris O'Brien's site, by the way, OurStrangePlanet.com, has been getting fairly consistent updates in recent weeks, and we've done a few things to help make it more secure that he just learned about today. You can also find us on Twitter if you look for The Paracast. Look for The Paracast on Twitter. Look for a pair of Paracast fan clubs. I understand there's a group, there's a community, and there's a difference, and I don't know what it is, but that's it. We also have that special feature of the show called The Paracast Plus. Go to plus.com theparacast.com, plus.theparacast.com for a modest subscription fee starting at $1.49 a week, believe it or not, which is about the price of a cup of coffee at the Circle K convenience store. You get yourself the Paracast Plus, the commercial-free version of this show with better quality audio, the After the Paracast podcast, which is a wrap-up show, a special interview show, more content coming, I'm going to put up some more classic episodes very shortly. We have content from Paul Kimball. And for long-term subscriptions, five years or lifetime, I have a copy, several copies in my hands here of a book called Behind the Paranormal from Paul Eno and Ben Eno. They autograph for us. They donate a few for the cause. And for long-term subscriptions, we'll include these. For lifetime subscription, Attack of the Rockoids also comes along for the package also, the ebook version of Stalking the Tricksters from Chris. Plus.theparacast.com. Write that down. P L U S. Theparacast.com. And you get the freebies with the long term subscriptions. Stan Gordon, thanks for joining us on The Paracast. Thanks for having me on. We appreciate it. It was great talking with you fellas again. Cool, Stan. Good job, man. Featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in The Paracast. <laughs>